Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TempCast, the official GBA Temp podcast. Today, I'm joined by GBA Temp's resident attorney, Eric. Hey, that's me. And joining us is TempCast regular, Steven. Hello there. And I'm the Alan John. And today, we're starting off with the biggest news literally a couple of hours ago, the Game Awards. We are going to be discussing the winners, the announcements, everything. Reggie fils Christopher Nolan... Keanu Reeves, Disco Elysium, Final Cut Pro, everything. <laughs> so we should start off with the Smash Bros. announcement. A new fighter has been announced. Steven, have you heard of this? I have. The new fighter for Smash Bros. is Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. He's going to be the second Square Enix rep that we've had. And it's kind of surprising to see him be the next one, considering how stingy Square Enix has been in the past. They only gave two songs for a Smash Bros., and they only gave one spirit, which was Cloud. So they've been very withholding overall. So it's really surprising to see them give Sephiroth to uh, Smash again now. Yeah, it's very interesting that of the two Final Fantasy characters that are in Smash Bros. now, it's Cloud and Sephiroth. It kind of makes sense because, you know, they're sort of those mortal enemies uh, have that uh, spirit connection with each other. But the fact that they both came from Final Fantasy VII, I don't think really any of us were expecting this, but it does make sense, I think, given his connection with Cloud and how Final Fantasy VII Remake is out now. But I'm kind of, I don't know how I feel about this. I kind of am excited. I understand that it's just, oh, great, another weeby swordsman, but he's got a lawn sword and that's kind of cool, right? Right? I mean, we like lawn swords. It gives you lots of reach. I don't know. He seems like one of those characters that I would play uh, because I play mostly with the characters that aren't too uh, quote unquote difficult or like you have to learn a lot of crazy techniques to get them to work. I'm more of a filthy casual in that way. And I feel like, unless I'm wrong, if I'm playing as him, I get to just stab you from a distance. And I, I appreciate that. Plus his music's really cool. He's also one of the relatively few uh, villains in the game. So the villains kind of tend to be bigger, heavier characters, which are kind of easier to. And that there's not many heavy swordsmen, I think. Maybe Ike is the only one I can think of. Yeah, you have a point. I actually never even considered the fact that most of the villains are, you know, beefy characters. Like maybe Meta Knight, I guess, is the only one. If he's a villain? Yeah, is he? I guess he's a swordsman, but like in a weird way. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the only one who isn't like beefy, like... He's real light and fluffy. He's the only villain I can think of like that. Yeah. Who did more bad things, Meta Knight or Sephiroth? Who's done more bad things? Yeah. Oh, Sephiroth. I, I haven't played either of these games, so I don't know. Oh, well, then just take my word for it. <laughs> He's done more bad things than Meta Knight. <laughs> I think Meta Knight's like an anti-hero, isn't he? He probably like kidnapped a rabbit or something, and that's it. Oh, that sounds bad. I mean, I can't even imagine what Sephiroth has done. Isn't he like an environmental terrorist or something? Meta Knight? <laughs> or am I thinking of Cloud? <laughs> You're thinking of uh, Shadow the Hedgehog? Oh, right, of course. <laughs> the greatest anti-hero. I was, I was really hoping for Waluigi. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so none of our predictions were right yet. For those who don't know, we actually have sort of a... Um, bet. Yeah, I guess it's not really a bet, but... Oh, go ahead, say it. N- no, it's, it's just that, Eric, you're kind of wrong because my prediction wasn't wrong, actually. Oh, it wasn't. Because I said... Specifically, in my prediction, you can rewind back to podcast episode number, um, what was it? Seven. 
where I said Master Chief won't be revealed as the next fighter right after Steve. It's going to be later, like fighter number five or six. That's what I said. Well, I predicted that Master Chief was going to come to Fortnite, and I was correct, I think. I don't know. I wasn't really paying that much attention to it. Yeah, that, that's, that's a cool announcement as well, Master Chief and Fortnite. But getting back to Sephiroth, all I want to say is that the trailer looked really, really good. The character reveal trailer, really interesting, nice cinematics. And when uh, Sephiroth impaled Mario through the chest, I thought, wow, finally, Nintendo (laughs) is targeting a mature audience. They killed Mario with Sephiroth. This is great. This is what I've been waiting for since I was a teenager. But no, it was a cop out. Whichever character gets revealed at the end of March is going to actually impale Mario because that's the end of his 35th anniversary. <laughs> oh, yeah, I and forgot. As we discussed a few episodes ago, they're going to do a midsummer on him <laughs> at the age of 35. Yeah, they have to do that for all of the characters and then Link's coming up soon after. Yeah. Well, oh man, what about Donkey Kong? He's been around for more than 35 years. Technically, the Donkey Kong from the original arcade game is now Cranky Kong. And uh, Donkey Kong Jr. is the mainstream Donkey Kong. So those are the same characters, but they changed and they haven't been around for 35 years as those versions of the characters yet. You're right. And we haven't seen Cranky Kong in quite a while. Who knows what happened to him? Oh, man. Actually, you might be right. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, well. Diddy's still around. So what other announcements did we get? We got a new Perfect Dark game which is uh, in development by The Initiative at Microsoft. Have any of you guys played Perfect Dark? Oh, yeah. I played it for the, the Nintendo 64. That was, I think, my first first-person shooter game. It's funny. Last week, we were talking about 007 for the Nintendo 64 GoldenEye. Everybody talks about how that was the definitive shooting game for the Nintendo 64, but I always thought that it was Perfect Dark. It, I think that it expanded upon GoldenEye in every single way. Uh, so I loved that as a kid, and I... I am pretty excited about this new one coming out, despite the fact that it's probably going to be on a console that I will never own. You don't own a PC? I do not own a gaming PC, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's interesting because the Perfect Dark series, I've I've never played them. I don't follow it super closely, but I'm looking at the timeline here. And it's one of these series that goes dormant for very long periods of time and then only seems to like come back when it's a big (laughs) announcement, like it's a big deal to get it again. Because the first one Mm -hmm. was in 2000. And then the next one was in 2005 as a launch title for the 360. And I remember Perfect Dark Zero was actually the only one I've played. And I remember it being pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. And then there was Perfect Dark in 2010 as an arcade title. And then nothing up until this new one was announced. So it seems like a series that they keep taking stabs at and keep trying to revive and it never gets past one game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're actually trying to revive it like that or... or- if it's sort of a strategy like this. Well, I would I would have said the same thing about Doom, but they did come out with a couple of them in relative short succession. But yeah, I don't it's definitely not a Call of Duty thing. No. Sorry, I just want to fact check myself real quick. The one that came out in 2010 as an arcade title was actually just a remaster of the 2001. So, that wasn't even its own yeah. original game. My bad. So, what's next? Is Banjo-Kazooie coming back to Xbox? Is Microsoft going to make a, you know, a realistic dark, grim, gritty version of Banjo-Kazooie? I want to see a realistic bear just like with HD graphics, 4K textures, like a real looking bear with a bird that's tied to its back. And it's trying to it's going to be in the style of like The Last of Us Part 2, you know, same kind of (laughs) graphics, just walking around a forest. You're a bear and you have no idea why there's this bird on your back. Hey, Microsoft, take that idea. It's free. 
do it. Yeah, they're only going to show cutscenes, and we're all going to get really hyped for it. <laughs> you just put a picture of it in the Discord. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly uh, exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to put this in the video. How did podcast. you find that so quickly? Because Steven's the one who posted it. It's the <laughs> so uh, he already had that on. It's the cover art to the Banjo Kazooie soundtrack vinyl that uh, someone released a few years ago. I can't remember who did that. But yeah, that's hilarious. It's a pretty great picture. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm waiting for a remake of the greatest Banjo Kazooie game, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Well, that's what I was going to say is Nuts and Bolts kind of went for a realistic uh, style, didn't it? Like, obviously, it's fairly dated now, but like, and it's kind of cartoony, but it did put a lot of detail into Banjo and Kazooie and made them look really weird. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what's called half assing it. Okay, I want to see a realistic looking bear, like even more realistic than on this image. I want to see like the details and the fur, you know, make it wet, make it dark, make it gritty. I did not like the way you said wet there. <laughs> Speaking of a game that's half-assing it, did you guys see what one best ongoing game? Wait. No Man's Sky. Oh. No Man's Sky. Even Sean Murray, he, he was, he was, he, he was drinking a beer when they announced it because he did not expect it to be No Man's Sky. And he's like, <laughs> Did he do a spit take? Well, no, he he, he drank and he's like, What? Um, why? Why us? I mean, Fortnite was uh, was was a contender. Why? We always lose to Fortnite. Um, so, uh, uh, thanks, I guess. And and I'm over here like. How the fuck did No Man's Sky? I understand that like it sucked and then it got better, but I was still shocked to see that that won <laughs> compared yeah. to the competition. I'm not even saying that like Fortnite's better. I'm just saying Fortnite is more of a game to win that award, given what we're watching the game awards. It's not necessarily a better game. I'm just saying that's the one that looks like it would would have won. So I think everybody was shocked by No Man's Sky winning. I would love to see when the announcements came out. Like people were definitely like, Sean, you better write your acceptance speech in case you win. He was like, No, no way, no way is that gonna happen. <laughs> and then the ones that announced you can see that regret on his face. <laughs> you have to rewatch it and you have to see when they announce it that he's drinking the beer, you see his eyes go up and he quickly swallows it, puts it down, and is like, uh <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it, it was awesome. I was like, oh, Sean, you antisocial silly goose. You guys should watch the, uh, I'm going to show for the internet historian video of uh, the No Man's Sky video. It's it's really fun, um, detailed look at what happened with No Man's Sky. Um, yeah, I've seen that one. That's good. But finish the Tempcast first. <laughs> yeah, I watched that video. It's pretty good. Uh, but from what I heard, internet historian is like a Nazi or something, so we shouldn't be mentioning him, I think. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. John Tron's a Nazi, I heard. Oh, I love John Tron. Well, there you go. Didn't realize you were a fascist, but all right. Uh, <laughs> cut that joke. So, <laughs> Okay, so other than that, we also have a new game from Turtle Rock. Who's Turtle Rock? Oh, the developers from... They developed uh, Left 4 Dead. Ah, that's what I was thinking, because the, the four is in the middle. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> they're back with a new game, which is titled Back for Blood. Very original title. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I don't even know what it's referencing. But <laughs> Yeah, they are very, very upfront that this is just them doing Left 4 Dead again, but without Valve as a publisher. Okay, so I've seen a lot of hype around this game. I'm very confused as to why, because Left 4 Dead 2 still exists. It's still, like... 
available. What What is this adding new to the formula? Is it, it looks like just Left 4 Dead in, in next gen. Um, I think that's all you need sometimes. If it's new maps, new characters, maybe a few new weapons, like it doesn't have to reinvent the wheel, but for people that have played Left 4 Dead 2 into the ground, something new to uh, spice it up can be, can be exciting. Mm-hmm. I think what's worth talking about with Back for Blood is that Turtle Rock also did uh, Evolve, which notoriously went over really, really, really poorly. <laughs> and uh, a lot of that came down to the monetization, and I won't get into the whole thing because it's too long to explain, but a lot of the uh, season passes and just weird stuff they did with that game and sectioning off content and ludicrous prices for DLC. And a lot of that stuff comes down to Publisher, and I believe that game was published by Take-Two. And now Back for Blood is being published by Warner Brothers, so it might go over a little better, but given the way Warner Brothers has handled their games, it's hard to be super optimistic they're not going to shred this one apart too and carve it into uh, different payments, right? Like, I don't I don't see what's so interesting. It looks like a zombie shooter. Do we need another zombie shooter? I guess we need another zombie shooter because when was the last time we had a zombie shooter? It was Dead Island, I think? Or no, what was that parkour game from the dead island devs oh dying light yes dying light yeah but even that like that was like open world and everything this is a very specific like small stages and you know there's no uh rpg elements which i, I think dying light had rpg elements like I, I can understand that this is doing something that's been done before but it's serving an audience that hasn't really been catered to in a while yeah i suppose so uh zombies are getting a little overrated in my opinion i think that there are like four five maybe maybe five games that were announced yesterday or or were at least shown yesterday involved zombies or zombie-like creatures in some way shape or form so they really like zombies including uh there's a new evil dead game coming out based on the movies it has bruce what's his name sorry jesus springsteen yeah bruce springsteen (laughs) Based on the movies, it has Bruce Campbell's likeness in it. It has him voicing Ash again. It looks cool. I'm a huge, huge, huge Evil Dead fan, and it looks like they've got the style and the tone right, but it kind of, weirdly enough, looks <laughs> like sort of a Left 4 Dead type setup where they puts a big emphasis on having four people there, and uh, you're in the cabin from the movie, so it seems like that's kind of the point you're defending. And it there's not a ton of information out yet, but it looks like it's mostly focused on multiplayer, and it's not going to be like a single-player narrative experience. Which is a little disappointing, but if you can get a couple of people together that are into Evil Dead, I mean, it does seem like it would be fun. Mm-hmm. And it's also got uh, King Arthur from Army of Darkness in it, and he looks like he did in that movie, which got me really excited. <laughs> also, I think the Game Awards was filled with a lot of these cinematic trailers that didn't show any gameplay and basically just showed, hey, we're, we're still, we didn't forget about this franchise, it's still alive. They did one for Dragon Age, it seems, like a just CGI trailer, like saying, hey, remember Dragon Age? That was cool. Yeah, yeah yep. ignore the fact that the key Bioware devs are gone, just forget about <laughs> that. Dragon Age, yeah. that's cool, yay. And Mass Effect, hey, remember Mass Effect? It's not dead. But we're not going to tell you anything about the new game other than it exists. <laughs> yeah. Or it will exist at some point. Or it will exist at some point. Yeah. At some point. It reminds me back in E3 2010 or 2011, about the time when the Wii U was announced, I think. On Nintendo's presentation, they had like this uh, CGI trailer for Contra, for a new Contra game. And it was literally just the logo. And that was it. as Contra. Nobody cared about it. Nobody talked about it. Because we didn't have any information whatsoever. And then I remember, I think 
two years ago, hearing that, yeah, that game's canceled. It's canned. Yeah. Like, we didn't get anything from it. I don't know when we're going to see anything from this Mass Effect or Dragon Age trailer. I suppose it's it's about the same as the Elder Scrolls Six trailer, where we just saw a landscape. We didn't even get a title. Just, hey, hey, we didn't forget about this. Yeah, we might be working on this. One day, one day. I think uh, Metroid Prime 4 had a similar thing, didn't it? It was just like a purple, oh. f- like flickering shadow background. And then I can't even remember if they put up the whole title. I think they just put up a four. That's how rushed together it was. They couldn't hit all the keys for yeah. the full title. <laughs> so, and we all know that Prime 4's development is going very smoothly. So, yeah, they're looking for storyboard designers right now. So, that's good. <laughs> here, here, here's the crazy thing about the fact that, um, yeah, that most of these games, and not all of them, I'll talk about some that didn't do this, but how most of the games that were uh, shown today were just cinematics, is the fact when they were doing the uh, the Arc 2 trailer with uh, Van Diesel, oh, I forgot about <laughs> the really that. long one, and so they were doing that whole thing, and I was like, oh, this is cool, whoa, there, I was like, oh, those are the bad guys, whoa, now there's dinosaurs, whoa, now there's technology, whoa, this is crazy, oh my god. All right, and then right after that, they did more of a, cartoony looking arc situation. And I was like, wow, this looks like a better game than the one that we just saw. It turns out the second one wasn't a game at all. It was an animated series. So they're showing all these cinematics. I'm thinking that the anime ass cartoon mm-hmm. is also a video game because it showed just as much gameplay in that cartoon that the actual <laughs> game showed. I was like, I was very shocked. And, and also the fact that that was a trailer beforehand that was extremely long i was like is this one cutscene in the game or something like <laughs> this is crazy i was like are they gonna what is going on here so i don't know but i've never played an art game here's the thing i didn't actually watch this thing live but i did wake up to twitter reactions and i just saw images of vin diesel and like body paint and then some kind of obviously cgi environment and i thought the first thing i thought oh they released a new trailer for uh, the Horizon game. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Oh, Forbidden Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, oh, uh, Forbidden West. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. thought they added Vin Diesel to that game, but no, it's just Ark. I mean, well, I guess Twitter is hyped for Vin Diesel in Ark. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that the anime looked like a better game. <laughs> I guess Ark Two has got a pretty good cast here. I'm seeing a lot of uh, good actors. I got Malcolm McDowell. That guy's great. He's a glorious sellout. He will do anything for $5. Oh, yeah. Remember Home <laughs> Alone 6 or whatever? It <laughs> was in that. Remember... Um, what was he? What was he in? He was in uh, Silent Hill 2, Revelations 3D. <laughs> he comes out of a small, shallow pool wearing a mesh tank top, and he dances around. His biggest sellout was doing Clockwork Orange. I mean, that movie just sucked. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, enough about movies. That's a hot take. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, so I'm kind of excited. Have you guys ever played any of the Oddworld games? I have not. No. No? 
Okay, well, they're fun. So the remake of the second one is coming in spring of next year. We already knew that, but they actually did show a little bit of the gameplay. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Oddworld series, so I'm excited for that. We don't have to talk about it, though. Endless Dungeon looked okay. I'm excited for that uh, Ghosts and Goblins remake they're doing. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Have you guys played uh, Ghosts and Goblins or Ghouls and Ghosts? I did, actually. It was one of the first games that I played um, at my uh, grandma's house. She had a NES and and a couple games, Legend of Zelda. Dude, your grandma was hardcore. <laughs> she had ghosts and goblins. Dude, she was. <laughs> She did. She had ghosts and goblins, and it was hard. Yeah. I was always like, how come I keep getting hit by things, and then my clothes come up? Now I'm dead. Yep. You get two hits in that game um, for your toast. Yeah. Uh, it was very fun as a like, really little kid. Like When I beat the first level, and then I died immediately afterwards, I was like, woo, I did it! <laughs> but, but apparently, if you get to the end of the game, they're just like, ah, psych, replay that shit. Yep. Yeah, you just gotta do it again. <laughs> I, I am pretty excited about this, because these are the type of games that I really like. So that actually does look really interesting to me. Uh, and especially because uh, it, unlike a lot of others, actually showed gameplay, which I appreciate. Yeah, I mean, it showed nothing but. And like the, the new art style, I think, looks really cool. Like it's this kind of like very, I don't want to say it's really bright, but the colors are all very distinctive and they pop out from each other. But it still keeps that sort of mm-hmm. like gloomy vibe that the original had going. And like these games are basically 8-bit dark souls right like both in how difficult they are like they're known for being very tough but fair and also that like medieval vibe that they have going with the spooky ghosts and shit like that yeah i'm gonna i would assume that it would you know the aesthetic was at least of dark souls was at least it's inspired by this game but maybe i'm wrong i don't know no i don't think so i think castlevania would fit closer to dark souls in the gameplay mechanic because in castlevania i think you had safe points but in Ghosts and Goblins, you didn't. You had to start all the way from the beginning, and you have less equipment than when you started off. If you die without armor in Ghosts and Goblins, then you just, the game ends completely, right? You have to start over. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, if you die without armor, you still have lives, because 90% of the time you'll be dying without armor. Okay, but yeah, and Castlevania is more like, you're in a save point, now you have to get to a boss and beat it, and if you die, you have to go back to the save point, go through all the enemies, or just ignore them completely and get to the boss again and again. And that gameplay pattern is yeah. more akin to Dark Souls. But that's true. Why am I even talking about this? Game Awards. Anything else announced major? I like the fact that Ghosts and Goblins, right after they showed that, they segued into the Capcom Arcade Stadium. That'll be on the Switch, which will be a bunch of old Capcom games, including Ghosts and Goblins. So... I don't know. I, I always like when they bring these old arcadey games to new hardware and it seems to be free, right? So, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. I don't n- know if there were many other like announcements that I was particularly excited about. Uh, they're adding a new stage to Among Us. Woo. They're doing another Medal of Honor game. They're, oh, yeah, there's going to be a, a single-player League of Legends game. Cool. Which is kind of interesting. Just Cause is coming to mobile. That's about what? it, I think. Yeah. Just Cause is coming to mobile? Okay, I'll check that out later. But it's funny how we mentioned Dark Souls previously, just a couple of minutes ago. The only announcement, well, not just announcement, just a gameplay trailer, at least at least something, a reveal or whatever. Elden Ring didn't happen. Mm-hmm. People expected it because Jeff Keighley just like a couple of weeks ago said, yeah, I played Elden Ring. Yeah, pretty cool. It's tight. <laughs> And everybody expected, oh, great, Game Awards. We'll get a gameplay trailer at least. 
nope, we know nothing about this game other than it's in development. That's it. And they did mention Elden Ring at one point because it won the most anticipated game. So it's got that going for it. Oh, yeah, you're right. The Game Awards, it had awards. Eric, how about you read to us every single award given? <laughs> All right. So for those who don't know, when the Game Awards aired, Alan John was asleep because <laughs> it was like, what, 3 a.m. his time or something. So I was just sort of scribbling together uh, all of the winners. So I guess I'll just go. Alan John was asleep. And when the Game Awards aired, I didn't care. So... <laughs> <laughs> the job fell to Eric. <laughs> I put all the legwork into it this time. So uh, let's see. New Perfect Dark I talk about. Then I laugh about the fact that uh, No Man's Sky wins best ongoing game. Best action game uh, was Hades. Okay. Best art direction was Ghost of Tsushima, which funny enough has been mispronounced in the Game Awards so much. It was like Ghost of Tsushima. Oh my God. Uh, Ghost of, of uh, Yushima. <laughs> it sounded like you almost said Goose of Tsushima there. That would be a way better game. <laughs> Untitled Goose yeah. of Goose Tsushima of Gushima. So, yeah, it's like, do you guys even play games? <laughs> do you guys have phones? <laughs> so, uh,. <laughs> Uh, best sports game was uh, Tony Hawk, uh, which makes sense, you know, one and two. Uh, the best uh, VR game was uh, the new Half-Life, Alex. Like I said, most anticipated was Elden Ring. All right. Then what happened? The best narrative went to The Last of Us Part Two. Games for Impact goes to Tell Me Why. I, I assume that what Games for Impact means is like the game had a big impact on... What I think Games for Impact means is like a game that had a big impact on like minority groups. Uh, Tell me why. Apparently, uh, did a lot to talk about trans issues. I haven't played it or heard of it, but I think that's why it won that award. Best multiplayer game went to Among Us. Best indie was Hades. Best audio was The Last of Us 2, which I think we can agree with. Best RPG, Final (laughs) Fantasy VII. Wait, what was that? Yeah, 11 I use later, I think we can all agree with the audio because that's that's what everyone talks about with The Last of Us Part Two. That's what most of the conversation is revolving around is the fantastic audio mixing. That's the only thing that people <laughs> talk about with The Last of Us Part Two. You're right. There's 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 nothing controversial about it, but God damn that audio. People will not stop talking so. about the audio. People are arguing about it. It's just, I haven't even played the game, and even I know it has fantastic audio mixing. <laughs> See, some people say it's got the best audio, and if you don't like it, it's because you're a bad person. They're like, well, listen, I'm okay with the audio. It's just don't shove the audio in my face all the time. And it's like, yeah, so that's, that. That's yeah, that's the Just don't put it right down my ear canal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or it's like, they could have handled the audio better. I'm okay. It's just, they- anyway, best RPG was Final Fantasy. In a post-apocalyptic uh, world, they wouldn't be able to have such good audio, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best sim was Flight Simulator for every anybody who has a computer that can run it. Player's voice was Ghost of Tsushima. I okay. assume that's like the People's Choice Awards or, uh, as Nickelodeon would have, the Kids' Choice Awards. Thank you thank you for explaining it to me like that, Eric. I was really confused yeah. until you mentioned Nickelodeon. <laughs> See, best fighter is... Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, but I just wrote MK11, so I was thinking Mario Kart. So best <laughs> fighter was Mario Kart 8 uh, Ultimate. So here's the fun part. So Reggie, Reggie Fisame, Fisame, Fisame I think. came on, whatever, and he came on and we're like, whoa, my God, it's Reggie. And he's like, well, I am happy to talk about the accessibility in video games. At Nintendo, blah, 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 blah. Very accessible. So now here are the nominees for the most accessible game. 
and he said a couple different nominees. None of them were Nintendo games. <laughs> and then he's like, Reggie says the most innovation in accessibility is The Last of Us Part Two. And I'm over here like, Reggie, you're supposed to say some bullshit about like it's Animal Crossing or it's, you know, it's the new Zelda that's not out. It's it's Age of Calamity. It's like, no, Reggie, you said you said a Sony thing, man. What are you doing? Oh, Star Wars Tales from Galaxy Edge. I also talked about that. That was cool. Best mobile game among us, of course. That's another like, do you guys have phones moment? Because like that game seems to be it's I feel like it mainly gained traction on PC and it's also not even from 2020. And it's like there has to have been a better mobile game this year like i've heard great things about hollow vista like i don't know yeah i, I, was, I was a little surprised by that one yeah what i actually wrote down is best mobile game is among us and then the parentheses i said we didn't get there yet but i'm calling it and i was right because <laughs> clearly that was what was going to win regardless of whether or not it actually was the best yeah. best game direction was the last of us keanu uh said that <laughs> he was the only voter <laughs> he was those yeah, yeah, who unilaterally decided it was last of us part two <laughs> yeah oh guys we didn't talk about the really important thing grand theft auto 5 update all right Ooh. moving past that uh humankind looks like age of empires uh blah 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 blah, blah. all right so Game of the Year was announced by Christopher Nolan because they had to legitimize the Game Awards, I suppose. And, oh, well, first we had to listen to an orchestra um, play the music of all the different games. But it was The Last of Us 2, Game of the Year. I win the bet. So for those of you who don't know, <laughs> we were predicting on the Tempcast who was going to win. Alan John said Ghost of Tsushima. I said The Last of Us Part 2. And Steven said Animal Crossing because Steven doesn't know how Game Awards work. Uh, it won Best Family Game. Well, you see, I wasn't actually wrong because Ghost of Tsushima won Player's Choice Awards and also, what else? Best Direction, right? Best Direction was The Last of Us. Best Art Direction, excuse me, the more important nomination, okay? Maybe Last of Us had better direction, but uh, the art in Ghost of Tsushima was objectively better. So games are art. So I think Ghost of Tsushima is the real game of the year. Think about it. I think I probably agree with that. I think that if it was like, up to the popular vote in Ghost of Tsushima would probably get it. But the things about The Last of Us 2 that were very divisive among players, whether you loved it or hated it or felt indifferent towards it, that's the kind of stuff that these award shows love to eat up. This was trying to be like the Oscars and also sort of like E3 trying to shove that in there. But, you know, the uh, artsy fartsy stuff of The Last of Us 2 is, you know, why it won. I think artsy fartsy is that what it's called? Yeah, that's that's the that's the legal term, uh, artsy fartsy stuff. If if I could describe Last of Us Part Two in two words, probably describe it like that. So it's yeah. actually pretty good. Well, they had Eddie Vedder on the show, the the singer from Pearl Jam, come and actually play the Last of Us music because apparently he did the music for that game or at least a song from that game so you get the guy from pearl jam of course you're gonna win awards right they have other songs such as well i don't really like pearl jam yeah so is that a wrap on game awards is that everything last of us part two and no elden ring that's how i describe it yeah basically i think that's everything <laughs> all right team i think it's time to execute that conversation uh <laughs> And move on to our next topic. You guys heard of Team Executor, Executor, Executor? Yeah, it's like my favorite Pokemon, Executor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we've talked about it on the show several times. Uh, Gary Bowser, he's still in jail, right? Still there. Still there. Still, uh, still in jail. Yet, 
it seems like SXOS is still around, still active. They got a new update. You want to, one of you guys want to tell me about that? Yeah. So basically, as we talked about last week, there was a uh, new update for the Nintendo Switch. That means that uh, custom firmwares have to be updated in order to be compatible with it. So Atmosphere was, I think maybe a day later, they released their update and everything was fine. SXOS took uh, an extra couple days, but this is the first major update they've had since uh, a number of their members were indicted a few weeks back. So a lot of people had thought that Team Executor was basically done, that, you know, any members that hadn't been uh, indicted would probably disband. And so this is the first sign of life out of them since. And it's interesting because it shows that anyone that bought an SXOS product is still going to be supported. They can still keep using their stuff. But as far as I can tell, you still can't buy new stuff. I went onto their website and they have a little uh, where to buy tab and every website that is listed there gave me a 404 error. I wasn't able to access a single one of them. Uh, I didn't try every single one, but I tried all the ones for, you know, major Western uh, English speaking countries like, you know, Canada, US, Great Britain, Australia, all them. And I wasn't able to get into a single one of them. So it's not like they're back at full power here, but there is still someone working behind the scenes at Team Executor. Very interesting. It sounds like a good thing from a, a, a consumer standpoint, from the people who actually bought it, but it is a little surprising that they're still doing this, knowing that Nintendo's breathing down their necks the whole time. I mean, they already got in trouble for selling this thing. Aside from the backlash of the people who already bought it, it just seems kind of risky for them to continue to update it. I mean, good on them for doing it. I'm just saying there, there's a there's a risk there that uh, I wonder if they're taken into consideration. Yeah, well, we don't know who most of Team Executor is. Like, we don't know how big it is. The only person we know of that isn't arrested right now is uh, in China, and he was not extradited with Gary Bowser and uh, the other guy. I can't remember his name right now. But, I mean, I think it's pretty hard for the U.S. government to get at anyone in China, right? And it might be that the rest of the team is there and they feel safe to continue working on SXOS for the meantime, and maybe they want to keep doing this to keep their fans happy for when they are able to start selling their products again. All right, well, let's see. Good luck to them. Or not. <laughs> it's up to the, you know, whatever happens, happens. Also worth mentioning, there's a user on Twitter named uh, Mike Heskin, and he's uh, basically just someone involved in the hacking scene, and he has been decompiling a lot of Team Executor's uh, updates for a while, and he is speculating that uh, this is written by someone else than the other updates. He says that there is a number of mistakes made, but also there's just a lot of changes in the code style. And this was also a big jump from a, it, their previous update was 3.0.5 and this one is 3.1, which is a big jump when really this update didn't add anything that's significant. And I guess that's also hmm. incongruent with the style of how they would number their updates before. So uh, this is certainly not confirmed in any way, but there is some speculation that this might be someone else releasing these updates. That sounds plausible. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I can say for certain is that the FBI is going to find some more bad stuff very soon on somebody's <laughs> archive. Oh, that, that's all I'm going to say. Eric. Whoever this guy is, he better, he better delete his hard drive just in case. Just in case. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that is not legal advice. If you <laughs> do not do not destroy your evidence. If I'm not arrested yet, then I can destroy evidence. I think that's how it works. I mean, if I did something illegal, I removed the evidence of it, and then it didn't happen. Isn't that right, Eric? No comment. That means yes. That means it's fine. He just doesn't want to get in trouble for telling you. Speaking of fine things, fine small things all the small things are a new segment where we talk about smaller stuff that happened 
during the week. One of these things isn't really that small, but we'll get to that later. Let's just start with, because we're running a bit low on time, uh, somebody asked us very kindly to make this podcast a little bit shorter. <laughs> uh, apparently, we listen to random people on the internet now. Also, guys, what is it with people every week asking me to put this podcast on more platforms? It, why? Like, hey, this is a cool podcast and all, but can you upload this to Wavefart? Wavefart. <laughs> I mean, our podcast is available on all major podcast platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on YouTube. We even offer an MP3 download. That's right. Thanks to the GBA Temp Download Center, we can offer our huge uncompressed, well, it's actually a little bit compressed. I can't just upload a one-hour FLAC file on the site every week, but pretty high quality. You can download it. You can listen on your DS, on your MP3 player, whatever. But no, people are still asking, hey, why, why don't you upload it to Wayfart? No, that's it. We're done distributing this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Any, it's not going to be on Vimeo. Forget about Daily Motion. No, no. YouTube and everything else is fine. Second thing, if the podcast's too long for you, don't don't listen to it in one sitting. I mean, you can pause the podcast. Just write down the time code or watch at two x speed for people complaining about my voice or somebody else's voice being too slow. I mean, you can increase the speed on all the platforms. Really, you can. The thing is, the podcast is normally about an hour or so, give or take a couple minutes. Usually, um, it's been as low as like forty-ish minutes before. So it's like that's sort of like average podcast length. Like that's like, you know, no, that's it a has car to ride. Be exactly forty-five minutes, Eric. Not a second longer. Oh, we're already past it. So. <laughs> If this one goes goes long, just cut out Eric's whole spiel about uh, Sean Murray. Oh, I like we don't that. Need to. <laughs> just mute Eric's whole audio track. No, it's staying in. <laughs> just just mute Eric altogether. Uh, so that was part one of small stuff. Was complaining about people who talk about small stuff. Um, <laughs> Halo Infinite. It got delayed till fall twenty twenty one. Aww. Cool. Whatever. I don't care next yeah that one there's not a lot to say about that i just think it's crazy that this was supposed to be microsoft's big uh launch title for the series x and s and they can't get it together at all like we talked a few weeks ago about them getting rid of the lead designer and now it's getting delayed again basically a whole year back from when it was supposed to come out i want to see a dark and grim master chief that's what i want to see <laughs> i don't want to see any colors in that game too colorful make it more realistic that's a motion blur whatever <laughs> Instead of uh, red, red versus blue, it's just gray versus gray. It's just <laughs> everything's dark and bleak. Make it look like the new Call of Duty. That's what people exactly. want. Uh, so the other thing, Dragon Quest Eleven was delisted from Steam and PSN in favor of a Switch port called the uh, Definitive Edition that it added in like a new soundtrack that was orchestral and uh, it has like a 2D mode. But the interesting thing about this is that the version that's on Steam and PSN now is just a port of the switch version which means it looks a lot worse than it used to even though this is now apparently the definitive version and you can still download the original one if you bought it but if you didn't and you want the best looking version you don't care about the additions in the definitive edition you're kind of screwed do you guys have any thoughts about that i think that's kind of an interesting weird little situation where the definitive version of a game ends up looking worse than the original version and now access to the original one's cut off see i don't have a really strong opinion about it but i do i do agree with you that it is kind of weird like it's not necessarily weird that 
they're getting rid of the old one to put the newer one on. I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time, I think, where it's like if you have an yeah. updated version of a game, you get rid of the older version to as so as not to confuse people. Like they want cuz in general you want to buy the new version. The problem yeah. with this, like you said, is that the new version has good things about it and the fa- and the bad thing that it's worse graphics because normally a definitive edition or is just a better version of the original. So, yeah, it's unique. I don't know. I really don't have a horse in this race. Um, at first, my first gut instinct was to think that people were just throwing temper tantrums like the graphics can't be that bad. You know, it couldn't have been that much worse. And then I saw side by side comparisons and I was like, ooh, OK, this actually does look worse enough <laughs> to warrant a temper. Yeah. I was like, I, I thought that people were being really stubborn about it, but no, it, 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 it looks, it looks much worse. You can tell the difference for sure. Yeah. This actually happens quite often with Japanese developers because there have been a couple of instances where a remake has legitimately, objectively speaking, worse graphics than its predecessor. I think one of the best examples is Silent Hill 2, which was remade for the PS3, well, not remade, but ported to the PS3. And because the Konami devs couldn't properly implement the fog in the game, it just didn't have yeah. any fog at all. And you could like see models that you weren't supposed to see in the original game just cut off and it's it looked terrible. Wasn't that also the one where they lost the original voice actors and they had to get new people in to revoice the entire game and they just got like the cheapest, crappiest actors they could find? Maybe. It was either that or Silent Hill 3. <laughs> also, I think I might be wrong about this. This is a controversial one. Dark Souls Remastered. It also had uh, the same situation where the PC port of Dark Souls was released a year later after Dark Souls 1 came out on uh, the PS3 and Xbox. And it was called Prepare to Die Edition. And it's well known as one of the worst ports to PC ever. Uh, This is a game that was locked to 720p, 30 frames per second. And within the first 24 hours of the game being released, it received an unofficial patch by a modder which both unlocked 60 frames per second and 4K and 1080p resolutions. The official developer never bothered to patch that game at all. Like they just released it and forgot about it. But then in 2018, I think, Dark Souls Remastered was released for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, the Nintendo Switch even, and on PC. And what they did was they again removed the previous version of the game, which was the Prepare to Die edition. Some people suggest that the new version has worse graphics than the Prepare to Die edition, but it has better frame rates. So it's like that. But (laughs) some glitches in the game weren't fixed at all. Like some multiplayer PvP glitches weren't fixed, touched at all. And people are mad that the Prepare to Die edition was delisted and you can't buy that anymore because... That one's better for modding. Yeah, it's, it's just a weird thing of game publishers not being careful with their products and not really caring about what they're putting out there, I guess. Like, not taking the extra time to enhance these things. Speaking of developers not taking <laughs> their time to enhance their games, Cyberpunk 2077 nice. came out. And That's actually the big news is that it came out. <laughs> That's really what's <laughs> That's it. surprising me. <laughs> I mean... Now people are saying that it shouldn't have. It needed at least three more months of development. <laughs> Do I agree? 
Well, I'll get to that later. Steven, I know you've been playing Cyberpunk on your Monster Rig PC. Have you been enjoying it so far? Yeah, I'm enjoying it, but it's not blown me away in any way. I haven't. It, it feels very much like games as they've always been known, and it's a very good version of that. It's a good game, but it's not. There's really not a lot to like point to that is really different about this one. Um, I should mention I'm only about. I, I think I'm 12 hours in, which is a lot, but it's also I, I guess relative to how much you're meant to put into this game. Not a ton. I will recommend anyone who is not that far into it yet. Don't do a bunch of side quests during Act One. Because it's not until Act 2 that the game opens up and you actually kind of figure out what the thrust of the plot is. I won't get into it here, but that made me a lot more invested in what was happening. I thought that was a lot more interesting. And so if you don't kind of dilly-dally in Act 1, you'll get to the more interesting parts a lot quicker. <laughs> but um, again, even that, like, the thrust of the plot is interesting, but I haven't seen a lot that's revolutionary in terms of, like gameplay or super-grabbing in terms of the story. Eric, I know you've been spending your entire week playing cyberpunk what do you think i have not i've been playing crash bandicoot um crash team racing instead <laughs> i'm not i haven't i haven't touched uh, cyberpunk so i'm leaving this to you guys i will say uh crash team racing is a definitive uh racing game if you guys want to talk about that the game that came out a year and a half ago yeah sure we have no? like an hour left we can <laughs> definitely talk about crash team racing all right we'll talk about that later <laughs> so what do you think about cyberpunk <sighs> I don't even know where to start. This is the only game I've ever pre-ordered without playing it. Cyberpunk was a game I was hyped about since 2012 when the first trailer was released. And at the time, I knew that my computer could not run Cyberpunk. I was rocking an AMD Phenom with a NVIDIA GT 8600 GT. And if anybody knows what that chip is, it's probably older than most of our listeners. Very, very old NVIDIA graphics card, which absolutely could not run even Witcher 2, let alone Cyberpunk. But anyways, so in 2015, I spent a large amount of money for me personally on building a gaming rig because I, I felt <laughs> that, you know, Cyberpunk, it's coming soon. I can feel it. I mean, it was announced like three years ago, so it's got to be done, right? 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 But flash forward to today, well, yesterday, really, when I, this was the worst experience I've ever had. Uh, okay, so guys, if you're, if you want to buy Cyberpunk, don't buy it on GOG, buy it on Steam, because the GOG Galaxy client, it's poop, it's a turd, it's unfinished, it's been in beta for five years or something, and it's not good. You can't even move your game. You can't move the install folder. You have to uninstall the game and download it again if you want to change drives. Okay, you can do that on Steam. Anyways, so I downloaded the game and if you remember, they released a spec list for this game. It clearly said you need at least 70 gigabytes of space. So I cleared up 70 gigabytes on my SSD, my 111 SSD, which used to be my old SSD. <laughs> cleared up 70 gigabytes, deleted all the movies, all the good stuff. Not the bad stuff. I don't have any bad stuff. <laughs> I'm not a Nintendo hacker. Okay. Deleted all that, installed GOG, chose my follow path to that SSD, put it on download, and look, only 58 gigabytes. Oh, this game is smaller than I expected. Beautiful. This was the pre-download before it was released. So I downloaded it, I opened the game, and I was surprised because it does actually start, but it was like a screenshot with the text below saying, 
Go back to sleep, Samurai. It's not the tenth yet. So, okay, fine, sure, I'll play it later, but then... Then I saw it was downloading an update, a very big update, because it said that it needed more hard drive space for the update. I did hear that it had a 45 gigabyte update, but it turns out that update was actually 53 gigabytes. And if you can do the math, 53 plus 58 is 112, and my SSD had only 111. So I had to delete the game and make some space on my one terabyte hard drive. Downloaded the game, December 10th, opened it up. It was amazing, it was glorious. Finally, Cyberpunk, it's here, 2077. It runs fine in the menu. <laughs> Spent around one hour in the character creation because character creation thing, it's, it's poop. It's worse than Skyrim's. Customization available, it's not good at all. <sighs> Finally make my character, choose Corpo. First scene of Corpo, you're in an elevator. Actually, no, you're looking at a mirror. And at first it's like, fine, okay. This isn't 60 FPS, but it looks good. The game auto defaulted to lowest possible settings, but okay, okay, this is this is good. Once you get out of the bathroom, it dips down to 20, then it stays there. It only comes back if I look at a wall. <laughs> I had to enable variable resolution for it. I set it to the lowest one. The only way I get 30 FPS is by playing this game at basically 2040p. What do you think so far? <laughs> oh, greatest game of all time. <laughs> Absolutely. The combat, it's so smooth. No, I'm just, I'm just disappointed that game, like, runs so bad on my PC because my PC is already old. It, it was, it was just a beast in 2015 and 2014, back when I bought it. But now, nope. Now it's like a base model PS4 for the Cyberpunk game. Yeah. It's... It's not well optimized at all. Have you even been able to play it at all or are you just... So I played about an hour of it. I got used to, I felt like I was a Switch player, you know? I, I got, I adapted to the extremely poor resolution and terrible frame rate, but I was like, okay, there, this is a good game here. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just adapt to it. And I adapted. So I played like two hours of it, I guess. I uh, finished the tutorial level and that was about it. And then I had a lot of work to do, like a lot of work it was just suddenly when cyberpunk came out suddenly everybody needed a favor for me <laughs> like hey hey alan can you can you can you do retouching on 20 of these photos i made for free can you can you do that <laughs> i know you know photoshop ah sure hey alan don't you know english well could you uh, translate this 20 page ukrainian research paper for me in english can you do that <laughs> sure i can do that and then today I, I'm finally done with most of my stuff and right before recording I had this one hour window where I could play some more cyberpunk and, and now the game just won't even start up. It, it just crashes on launch. It I've tried everything, I, uh, everything but uninstalling it. But again, this is like, I need to download 112 gigabytes <laughs> again, reinstall this game. So I verified the files. I disabled GeForce Experience. I disabled MSI Afterburner. I, I tried everything. It just doesn't want to start. And I think for now, I'm unfortunately done with this game. It breaks my heart. Oh, geez. Yeah, that sucks. Maybe you should uh, be better at the game. <laughs> I, I wish I had more to say about it now. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a little back and forth about it. <laughs> it's just, no, I hate it. Yeah, just he can't play it. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's good, but I, I don't. It, it's a little slow. I guess that's why I don't feel like I have a ton to say yet i will say like i said i've been spending a lot of time on side quests and the side quests 
don't have a ton of personality to them with like one or two exceptions. They feel very just sort of like go here and like get rid of these people and like go here, steal this car, put it on like because you're generally the way the setup is, is um, there are these people called fixers and they get jobs and they give them to you. So you're generally interacting with those people over and over again who are very cold and impersonal and they'll tell you like, I was hired by so-and-so to have you do this. And so you're just kind of like doing jobs and doing busy work. You don't get a lot of that personal touch that you do from side quests and other games, which is kind of making them a lot less interesting to me. Yeah, what makes the game a lot less interesting to me is the fact that I can't play it. That's a worse problem. I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. <laughs> just a quick notice. My friend, actually, Zorua, he's on GBA Temp. He's been playing uh, Cyberpunk as well on PlayStation 4. And at first he was making fun of me, the fact that I was playing at such poor quality, at such poor frame rates. He's like, dude, I've got a PlayStation 4 Pro. I'm totally going to be playing this game at 4K, 60 frames per second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guess what? It's 1080p, 30 frames per second, not even a stable 30 frames per second, and it's upscaled to 4K. Looks muddy as hell, terrible frame rates. So at least I'm not alone in this, okay? Well, if he had a base PS4, I don't think he'd hardly be able to play it at all. Yeah. Right, like I've heard on base PS4 and uh, series or Xbox One S, it's like it hardly works. <laughs> yeah, so at least I'm not alone with this. I know a lot of people. I posted in Twitter like my anger. It's cringy to look back at now, but I'm like, fuck you, CD Projekt Red. Why the fuck can't you just put the patch in the game? Why do you have to have the game 58 gigabytes and then have a 45 gigabyte patch? It's your own fucking store. God Games is your own. Store, why the f can't you just put the entire finished game on it? I mean, it's not even fucking out yet. What's the point? Okay, that was a little <laughs> bit too much, but yeah, I'm well, frustrated. If you uninstalled and re downloaded it again, you wouldn't have to download the patch in the game separately, though, would you? Wouldn't you just have to download? I don't want to find out. I want to okay. get a fix to this. I know CD yeah. Project Red is listening to this podcast, so if this isn't fixed, I'm getting a refund you have 24 hours my refund has 24 <laughs> hours left as well so oh, okay you better hurry okay everybody i guess that just about wraps us up for the temp cast uh you can uh you can stop listening now see ya <laughs> bye everyone bye <laughs> you cd project right <laughs>